What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? Just wanted to thank you all so much for coming in and supporting us every single week. And I wanted to give a quick reminder to anyone who might be listening on Apple Podcasts. If y'all could just take maybe 10 seconds before you listen or even after the episode and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out and we really appreciate it. But And as always, be sure to contact either myself at Dalton underscore Trig or our pod account at Step Back Mavs on Twitter if you have any questions regarding this upcoming free agency period or the draft or potential trades, anything of that nature, hit us up and it might be discussed on the pod. Hey, this is Mark Cuban and you're listening to the Step Back, the best Mavs podcast ever. I like this, TK. I like that. Yes, yeah, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host in Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Glatson. Matt, how you doing tonight? Good. Uh, about to leave town um, for like five days, so I'm really excited. Going to Colorado for a bachelor party. Nice. this weekend. You've been traveling a lot lately, but I, I like it. I like the energy going there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I wouldn't be going um, if I was flying commercial, but um, my friend is very fortunate, <laughs> and uh, we're taking right. his journey, so I feel safe enough to do that. So, well, it's gonna that's be a that sounds awesome. I, uh, I'm i keeping up with the NBA playoffs. Obviously, obviously it, it's a big bummer that the Mavs couldn't move on. But, you know, I, I mentioned it the other day, and I asked. I, I got way more responses to it than what, <laughs> what, I, what I thought I would get. But, you know, I basically asked people, now that the Mavs are out, who are you rooting for? And for me – you know, I've I've found myself rooting for the Toronto Raptors a lot because, yeah, they're the defending champs, but they lost Kawhi, their Finals MVP, their team MVP, uh, and yet, you know, here they are, shorthanded, you know, without that guy, and they're still uh, fighting it out and could potentially make it to the Eastern Conference Finals if they can get past Boston. Right now, they're up by four early in the the fourth quarter trying to force a game seven but that's who I've been kind of rooting for and then I've mentioned before that uh you know the Miami Heat even though they are the Heat I you know I <laughs> I don't mind that team it's a it's a likable team a likable group of guys that that work hard and 
uh, they kind of have a little bit of an underdog thing going. They just beat the uh, number one team in the league, the Milwaukee Bucks, in five games. So that's where I'm at. If I had to pick one team, it would be Toronto. But, you know, I, I find myself – I'm going to put it the same way I put it on our last pod. I don't mind the Miami Heat. <laughs> where, where are you at as far as any rooting interests aside from the Mavs? Um, I'm having a bit of a harder time keeping up with it. Um, just because I've had so much going on, but I have watched a couple games and normally if I'm tuning in to watch a game, it's been the heat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, Drogic, obviously, um, wearing your Drogic t-shirt. Yeah. I'm a big fan (laughs) of Ben Bio. Um, Tyler Harrow's super fun to watch. Even Jimmy Butler. I don't mind Jimmy Butler. I know some people think he's, you know, kind of a prick, but well, he is. But I like mean, in a good way. I was about I was about to say, you know, he is, but I think it's more of like a I don't have time to deal with your foolishness <laughs> kind of stuff. Because, you know, he he I don't know. It didn't work out in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons and Embiid. It didn't work out in Minnesota. He was around young guys like Carl Anthony Towns. And, you know, I I just think it was a matter of him getting to a situation where the team's primary focus is just winning in the playoffs. You know, they're serious about it. it. Miami fits him. Fits him perfectly. And I've found it easy to root for Jimmy Butler, you know, since he made the move there. And yeah, it's, it's funny because over the off season, so many people wrote off Jimmy Butler and wrote off Dragic, and it's like just be for whatever reason they're you know Dragic Dragic's just old. He you know his leg or like Jimmy Butler is an asshole or whatever. But it's funny how when, like, a situation changes or, like, you have full health or, or whatever the case may be, how things can change so drastically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, we can agree that the Mavs, they definitely need to add a, a piece or two uh, to really make that jump up the Western Conference. But it's kind of the same concept with them, too. You know, if they had had a little bit better luck with health, they might be on a run kind of like the Heat are. Because I think everybody pretty much assumed that Miami was going to be a playoff team. I don't think that was a question. But I don't think many people had them – well, but before the season started, I mean, I don't think many people had them sitting in the West uh, Eastern Conference Finals this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was saying last summer. And I, I was, you know – I was wrong. I thought it was a joke that they got Jimmy Butler. I was, I was so over him. Like, I thought he was, you know, he'd been from team to team to team. And I was just like, you know what? I think it's over for that guy. Like, he's good, but he's not worth his contract anymore. And he's been worth it. Yeah. And I, you know, I remember I wanted Jimmy Butler when it came up that he might get traded when uh, he turned down that extension from Minnesota. And it was kind of like, everybody knew that a trade was coming. And I was like, man, I really want him in Dallas. And everybody was like, ah, oh, no, nah, he he wouldn't mesh well with 
a young guy like Luca, and I kept saying like, well, Luca's not your average young guy. <laughs> He's basically like a five, six-year veteran in a 21-year-old's body. And in hindsight, he, Jimmy Butler is exactly what this Mavs team needs. So uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's a gloat. I don't know what you'd call that. I guess I'll pat myself on the back. <laughs> but being right. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, Jimmy Butler on this Mavs team would be such an excellent fit. He's exactly what they need. But anyway. So, like I said, they're, you know, we're keeping up with the playoffs, and we've you know, got a couple teams that we're kind of rooting for. I saw some people take exception to it. It's not like we're switching sides or anything. It's just you want to have something to root for because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Like if, if Toronto loses tonight or if they lose in a game seven and don't advance – I really don't care when, <laughs> when it gets down to the bottom of things, but just as like a storyline kind of thing, I, I think it'd be really cool to see like a Clippers and Raptors finals where you have the guy that left Toronto facing his former team in the finals. That'd be, that'd be an epic storyline. So, uh, so we're going to move on from there, Matt. Like I said, the Miami Heat beat the Bucks, best team in the league, best defense in the league, uh, second best offense in the league, I believe, right behind the Mavs. They just, you know, blew through the regular season, uh, second straight season winning 60-plus games. Uh, I think they won 60 this year. Or was it cut off before they hit 60? I had to look and see. Anyway. Point is, the Bucks have just dominated for two straight regular seasons. And then they were up 2 nothing on the Raptors last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then Kawhi just completely took over. And the Raptors won four straight. And then this year, they get to the second round, and they lose to the Heat in five. And Giannis, he sprained his ankle, and he missed the, the last game and a half of that series. So... I don't it's, think that would have made much of a difference, though. What's that? I don't think that would have made much of a difference. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't think it would have either. Uh, I, I think it was just a matter of the heat. I know this is cliche, but I think it was a matter of the heat wanting it more. Uh, and I think they just matched up well with this Bucks team. They they had more grit about them. So, it's disappointing for the Bucks, and obviously it, it sparks all this speculation about – you know, whether Giannis is, is going to look to leave Milwaukee. Uh, I think immediately after the game, I saw where Chris Haynes, and I, I'm going to talk about this a little bit, our our guy, uh, Mike Bibbins, he's he's at Bibbs Corner on Twitter. He, he presented this question to me before uh, we started recording tonight, and he said, uh, Giannis is saying all the right things. Do you buy that he plans to re-sign? Or are you still holding out hope that he could be acquired by the Mavs? So here, here's my answer to that. I have a take on this, Matt. Did Giannis actually say he was going to re-sign? He didn't. He didn't. He said – because Chris Haynes asked him after the game, after the Bucks were eliminated, he asked if he, you know, about him potentially requesting a trade. And Giannis was just like, that's not going to happen. You know, he's not going to cause a stir. He's not going to request a trade. But he never said he was re-signing either. 
So to me, and this is just, this is my opinion. I don't think he's going to sign the extension. I think he's going to play it out next year. Uh, the more I've thought about it, I don't think the Bucks can trade him. He's kind of like LeBron James. Somebody was talking about this uh, earlier. I think it was a piece that uh, – who wrote that piece? I can't think. Of, I, I read a piece today, though, that was talking about how, you know, Giannis is basically as untradeable as a guy like prime LeBron was or prime Kevin Durant. And I get that. You know, there's nothing – you can get something in return to fill the void, you know, <laughs> just from a tangible standpoint. but as far as like his actual talent and what he does for the city and being a all world player, two time MVP, uh, you know, probably the best defender in the league. You just, you can't replace, there's nothing the Bucks could, you know, realistically get back in a trade that could, you know, fill the void of Giannis. Because if he leaves, you're going to have to, unless you, you're going to have to just get a bunch of draft picks. Uh, and rebuild. So <clears throat> I don't think they'll trade him, even if he turns down the extension, the more I think about it. I think they'll be willing to just, you know, roll the dice, hope that this team that's had so much regular season success can piece it together and potentially win an NBA championship next year, or at least get to the finals uh, and persuade Giannis to re-sign with them in free agency. That's how I think it's going to pan out. And there's going to be even more media frenzy when he doesn't sign the extension. But that, that's just how – that's, that's how the game is, Matt. <laughs> People are going to freak out about it, but that's what I think is going to happen. He's not going to sign. He's going to go all the way to his free agency period. And depending on how the Bucks do next season, in the postseason, I think we'll determine – you know, how open he is to actually switching teams next offseason. And if he does decide to do that, I think the Mavs have a legitimate chance of doing it. Because as much as I hate thinking about future cap space, and don't get me wrong, I don't want the Mavs to do anything this summer where they're, you know, just thinking about leaving open a max cap slot for next summer. But all I'm saying is if things stay the same as they are now and the Mavs sign a couple of, you know, gritty veterans on one-year deals or something like that that help the team next season, but, you know, it's not salary going past next season, then they would have a near max spot open in 2021 free agency. And if, if it comes down to that, how many super teams do you know of that have been able to – come together without sacrificing depth. Because you that, that's one of the upsides to having Luca on a rookie contract still. Because I, I can't think of any team that had the potential to do that and still have really good depth too. They would have Luca, KP, Giannis, and, you know, pretty much the majority of their bench and their, you know, their key role players. So, that's what I see for the future. And it might not turn out that way depending on what, what else goes down this offseason. But uh, I do see some potential there. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Giannis is staying with the Bucks. What do you think? Um, I, so this isn't a perfect comparison, obviously. 
two different cities, two different franchises, two different players. But to me, Giannis is, seems to me like Dirk in the early parts of his career, like the first few years. And the Mavs were really good in the regular season and they get to the playoffs and they couldn't quite get past San Antonio. They couldn't, whatever. Um, and he's, I think he has some of the same traits that Dirk has as far as – I really do think he loves Milwaukee. Oh, I, I do love, too. I think he loves the franchise. Um, so I think it would take more – like say they get to the Eastern Conference Finals next year. I, I still think that's enough for him to sign an extension as long as he knows that they're going to take the direction that he likes. Um, as far as building the franchise goes. And, you know, if, if they want to keep him, they're going to have to – it's going to turn into that kind of situation where he's going to have to be a part of things. But – and I think they realize that. So, well, it's like okay. So, I don't know how much you watched of that series, but I would be shocked if Coach Bud is back for Milwaukee next year. Uh, you know, given how he handled that series, I just that's my gut feeling. I don't think he's going to be back, uh, and I think Giannis is going to, you know, have his pick. There hasn't been anything announced on Coach Bud yet, has there? Not to my knowledge. Okay. Well, if somebody if, – if, if it has, y'all can call me out on that, but I don't think it has. But, anyway, I think he's going to be out. I think that Giannis is going to have, you know, probably a big say on who comes in next as the coach. And I think he main, – the main thing is, you know, he's, he's 25. He's not to that point yet to where it's like, okay, if I don't win now, I'm never going to win again. So – I, I agree with you that he's kind of like Dirk and that he really loves Milwaukee. I think if he can avoid leaving, he'll take, you know, <laughs> it'll take something really catastrophic next season uh, to push him out the door at this point in his career. But, you know, even with Dirk, Matt, you probably remember this, but even Dirk, when in some of his interviews after the 2011 championship he he always talked about how he if it wasn't for that championship who knows what have happened what would have happened you know uh because he said that kind of sealed the deal like okay i'm i'm really never leaving now but if he hadn't it gets to a point to where if you don't win an nba championship you start thinking about your legacy a little bit, your overall legacy, not just, you know, staying with one team in your entire career. And Giannis isn't to that point yet, but if the Bucks don't do what they're supposed to do, if Giannis can't see them, you know, making every effort possible, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think he might decide to leave. It, you want to think the best, especially of a guy like Giannis, because I do see a lot of dirt traits there. Um but you have to wonder how much a player is thinking about his, his basketball legacy. You know, <laughs> if he's ever on a, on a talk show in the future, you know, you don't want to be teased about not having a ring like Charles Barkley is every single time <laughs> the NBA on TNT crew comes on. Right. Uh, 
So, so what, what I'm getting at here is, in a sense, I agree with you. But I think for, for, that, for it to get to that point where he gets to 2021 and he doesn't like the direction of the franchise and he doesn't like um, his current situation, it's, it's really going to take something bad happening. Because I think they do have a lot of good pieces, but they also have some pieces that, you know, they can they could move off of. And they could they can make things happen where, you know, they can make him happier. And what whatever whatever that would take, I don't know. But it's just given the history of the NBA, typically I know it's happened a couple of times, but typically stars who have an opportunity to sign a Supermax deal, sign the Supermax deal, and stay put. Well, it, I think, obviously, Giannis can make up his own mind, to, you know, based on whatever happens. But I think that it would take something like what the Mavs experienced in 2007 when they lost to the Warriors. And I saw a couple of national media guys trying to – compare this year's Bucks playoff loss to that, it's not even close. I don't even know what those guys are thinking. I mean, I get it. Not even. Bucks are the, I get that the Bucks are the best team in the league, and Giannis just – you know, he's about to win his second straight MVP and yada, yada, yada. But you, you can't compare what happened to the 67-win <laughs> Mavs against the eight-seed Warriors in 2007 to what, you know, a very – talented Miami Heat veteran team did to the Bucks this year. I just don't think – I don't think it's even comparable in my opinion. So, I think something like that would have to happen to the Bucks next season to really make people start thinking, okay, Giannis is probably going to be out the door. And I don't know. I, I, I want to think – just an unbiased opinion, not as a Mavs fan or anything. I want to think that he's going to end up staying in Milwaukee, but we've seen it so many times, time and time again these days. You just don't see stuff like Dirk and uh, Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant. You don't see stuff like that anymore. Uh, teams, uh, players staying with one team their entire career. So, and that day might come with Luca. So, well, we just don't know. But that's where I'm at. I think it's – Don't bring that evil into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't uh, help it, man. We were, talking to, we were talking to our guy, Kirk Henderson, earlier, and he mentioned, he mentioned that the Vultures will be coming for Luca soon. And I was like, soon? Like five or six years at the, you know, at the earliest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not – I'm not. I'm not talking about Luca leaving. For yeah. another... <laughs> that we'll save that that rabbit hole for another day. But anyway, so we're going to move on from the Giannis stuff. Uh, it's really interesting to think about different types of trade scenarios. If he if he did uh, decline that extension this summer, which I think he will, but I just after thinking about it for the last couple of days, I just can't see the Bucks seeing any potential trade, even if the Mavs offered KP. I just don't see them pulling the plug on it before they they see what happens next season. And they might lose him for nothing, and it's a gamble they'll 
they'll just have to take. But I just don't see them. I think they'd rather have a full another full year of Giannis and being a championship contender and possibly winning a championship next year than pulling the plug early and, you know, not knowing what could have happened. So that's where I'm at on that. <clears throat> now, moving on. We Matt, we talked a little bit about Bradley Beal on the last pod. And it was mainly, you know, it, it was mainly your argument against, you know, why you wouldn't uh, give up KP for Beal. And the idea is to add a third star, not trade your second star for another second star. And that was all fine and dandy. But we didn't actually get into the actual, you know, realistic or what not, – not realistic. The trades that we would be comfortable with as far as, you know, what we would send the Wizards and what the Wizards would maybe listen to. Um, I've got a trade, and I sent it to you earlier today. I'm going to mention it now. It's a lot. It really is. It's a lot, and I might, you know, people might call me crazy, but uh, I've always said as long as it's not Luca or KP, I'd be willing to do it. But anyway, Matt, my trade is Seth Curry, DeLon Wright, Maxi Kleba, Jalen Brunson, and both of the Mavs picks this year for Bradley Beal. And it, like I said, it sounds like a lot because it is a lot, but I think that's 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 what it's going to have to take to even get the Wizards to consider doing it. So, what do you think about that? I'd do it. I mean, look, <clears throat> we've been talking. I mean, I, I've shared this same sentiment with you all season. If, if it's not Luke or KP, you do it and figure the rest out later. I mean, he's. He- He's a good enough player that you make you, you don't even think about it. You make that trade. He's he's such a good player. And you're well, here, here's my reasoning. Let me let me give you my reasoning real quick on this trade. Seth Curry, he's a good player. DeLon Wright, he has potential, but he just wasn't able to put it together this year. Uh, Jalen Brunson, he's a good backup point guard, but you know, he's injured with the shoulder right now. He he didn't finish the season out or whatever. But anyway. The point, Bradley Beal is a much better player than all of these guys. He, he does everything that those players that were going back to the Wizards can do at a higher level, ex- with the exception of Maxie's shot blocking. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, you're giving up a bunch of players, and, you know, Seth, he's on a really team-friendly deal. He's got three years left on it. Cleveland's got three years left on his deal that's team-friendly. Brunson still has two years left on his rookie contract. Uh, And then you're giving up the first-round pick this year and the Warriors' second. So it's a lot. I mean, I get it. Some people are going to say, no, you don't want to sacrifice that much depth. But if you can get a player like Bill, you got to go for it. you got to throw the kitchen sink at at the Wizards and hope you know, it's something that they would at least consider. And honestly, I don't even know <laughs> as much as that seems to be from the Mavs side going to the Wizards. I don't know if that's enough to convince the Wizards to do it. I really don't. Unless, 
you know, unless they have something in mind where they're going to package those picks together to move up in the draft and, uh, you know, they have a player they really like in the lottery and they want to move up, something of that nature. But I don't know. I don't even know if that's enough for Washington. But I think it's interesting. It's I think of, it's – You have to think about it as if you're the Washington Wizards. And, look, who – I'm trying to figure out a way to put this. N- don't think about it. Actually, I take that back. Don't think about it as if you're the Washington Wizards. I mean, you should in the sense that it's time for them to blow it up and rebuild, and that's a good way to do it, young players, whatever, whatever, whatever. But you have to at least offer something like that if you're the Mavericks because – you have you also have to think of what other teams are going to offer for a yeah. guy like that. And if they offer I mean, there are a lot of teams who can offer better packages than that. But that's yeah. pretty much the best package that you can offer. Oklahoma so, City has like a bazillion first round picks going forward from that Clippers deal that they can they can mess around with. So <laughs> They, you know, they, they've got young players, too, that are interesting that, uh, you know, if Sam Presti, which he, he's kind of hinted at doing a full rebuild, and I can, I can see them, that putting them out of the bill sweepstakes. But if he wanted to, I think they've got the assets to pull it off. I think New Orleans is one of those teams, too. Uh, you know, from their trade with the Lakers, got a bunch of picks, got some young players. Brandon Ingram, he was the most improved player this year. I mean, I, I think you could probably do something there to get Bill to New Orleans. Uh, but like we've talked about before, I can guarantee you we could have gone to the <laughs> NBA trade machine and found like 10, at least 10 better packages going back to the Knicks for KP. <laughs> in 2019 than what the Mavs ended up giving them. So, Right. And how many of those players are still with the Knicks that the Mavericks traded? Dennis Smith Jr., that's it. Right. So Washington needs to rebuild. You can get some good young players, but you're not locked into anything huge and you get assets to make more moves. And that's why you trade Beal. But, I mean, the Mavs will have to get lucky. They'll have to strike when the iron's hot at the right time, like they did with KP, and maybe give up, you know, a little bit more than they want to. But that's what it, it's, it's going to take to get a guy of that caliber. It's, he's not just going to fall into your lap for nothing. Like, you know, I mean, KP pretty much did. But that was lucky because the Knicks are a terrible organization. Yeah. And and I mean look, we're this is like the third straight year where we've been calling for the Wizards to blow it up. <laughs> they they they're so stubborn and they just refuse to blow it up. And given, you know, John Wall, he hasn't been healthy. And I think this year is when that outrageous Supermax contract starts to kick in if it hadn't already this past season. Uh, so they're they're really going to be in a bind uh, cap-wise. And they might, if they don't trade Bill around the draft, they might wait until, you know, at least 
the first half of the season uh, with John Wall healthy just to see how how Bill and Wall play together at this point in Wall's career. Uh, and then if it's just – if Wall is just not the player he used to be and they know they're not going anywhere, then, you know, mid-season they might decide to blow it up. But like I said, we've been calling for this for three years <laughs> and the Wizards are just the most stubborn team ever. They, they are determined they're going to keep Bradley Bill as long as they can. But – and, I mean, look, that's not the only trade – offer that the Mavs could could give them without, you know, not including Luke and KP. Uh, if you didn't want to send that many players, you could all if, if Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm I made that I made that trade offer based on uh Tim Hardaway Jr. not opting in. But like if, if Tim Hardaway Jr. opted in, you could send him and Jalen Brunson and uh, either DeLon Wright or Seth Curry you could send three players and leave Maxie out of it, uh, give them the first-round pick this year, the Warriors' second-round pick, and then you could trade them like your 2025 first. They can't trade. That's the soonest pick they can trade uh, because of the Knicks deal. So, in theory, you could trade two first-rounders and the Warriors' second. But, like I said, I don't know if that would even be enough for the Wizards, but it's where my head's at, especially if Giannis, I don't think he's going to be traded. Um, and that was, you know, that's where I think you start at the top. And then if that's not looking like anything's going to come of it, well, okay, let's go to Bradley Beal now. Let's sniff around that, see if the Wizards have any interest whatsoever in what we have to offer. Maybe they don't. Okay, well, we move on to the next one. But, you know, I, as long as the Mavs improve this summer, I'm cool with it. They just – they have to improve. They got to do something. And I think – I told you this earlier, Matt, I think – there's going to be a big draft night trade. I just – I have a feeling they're not going to keep those picks. I don't know who they're going to pull the trigger on as far as a trade goes, but I, I just – I feel like we're in for a big draft night trade. So, all of you listening, remember this when the Mavs <laughs> land Bradley Beal on draft night. <laughs> or when they don't do anything. I don't think that's going to happen this year, Matt. I really don't. If they do, y'all can all blame me because I sometimes I can jinx stuff, but I think that's more of a Twitter thing, not a pod thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, another interesting wrinkle here, and I'm, I'm writing a piece on it right now. It's not out on DallasBasketball.com yet, but, you know, there was a Mavs fan. It was after the Mavs played the Wizards last year in the season opener. <laughs> and a Mavs fan quoted one of the tweets the uh, the Mavs account put out and said, there's a place for you here, and tagged Bradley Beal in it. And Beal liked the tweet. Beal, Beal liked the tweet. <laughs> so, you know, it, that kind of that kind of puts people in a frenzy too when you're thinking, oh, okay, well, he's actually considering it. And then you had the, the series of tweets that he put out after Luca hit that buzzer beater in game four. Uh, of the first round series with the Clippers. So there's a lot of stuff that I, I think Bill would be ecstatic to play with Luca. Um, kind of like Giannis, though, I don't think he's itching to get out of Washington. I think he genuinely likes it there. He likes the city, um, the organization. Uh, so it, it's going to have to be the Wizards deciding, deciding to blow it up. So, but anyway, that, that's where you go from Giannis. And that is my 
best trade package. Do you think that the Mavs can do any better than that without giving up one of their two stars? Um, no. I don't either. <laughs> and just a side note here, talking about the draft, uh, the NBA announced today that they're moving the draft back. It was originally supposed to be, I believe, October 16th. They've moved it back a little over a month. Uh, now the target date for the draft is November 18th, which is right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then typically free agency is like a week after uh, the draft. So I don't know about you, Matt, but that just sounds lovely, uh, us potentially keeping up with all the free agency stuff right in the middle of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, right in the middle of football and <laughs> – Family holidays and I mean, cause I mean, this isn't something that you have to necessarily worry about, but alongside the Mavericks, I also cover the Cowboys and the Houston Texans. Yeah. <laughs> the Texans is a new that, uh, by the way, I, I commend you for doing that. I, I just, I couldn't do it, man. <laughs> it's fun so far. Um, there's going to be a lot of football stuff going on around Thanksgiving, right? When the NBA yeah. is planning to do the draft and free agency. I, I think both Fish and I are going to be relying on you a little bit to uh, <laughs> snack during that time. That's kind, of, that's kind of what I figured. So when I when that came when that news came out today, I was just thinking, oh man, <laughs> the Mavs better do something really really good to make it worth it. Yeah, because I, I know what's coming. But anyway, okay, Matt, this is going to be our last topic for this week, and it's going back to our mailbag last week. Um, so we missed one. We thought we got everybody, but we did miss one, and it's one that you're going to like. Let me find it here. So at Ben E five said, "How do you like the possibility?" of giving Drogic a one-year deal, Crowder a lower – let's see. How do you put that? I, I think he meant like a lower-end deal, even if it's multiple years, like maybe around the MLE or something like that. And then trade DeLon Wright, Dwight Powell, and both of our picks for a guy like Miles Turner. So you end up with Drogic, Crowder, and Miles Turner when the dust settles. What, what are your thoughts on that? that trade idea, sign, signing slash trade idea. Sign me up, man. I, I like I'm Miles. I, I really do. I, I, I really like Miles Turner. Um, I'm on the fence with Turner. I'm on the hey, fence man. with him because, you know, before he signed that extension with, uh, with Indiana, there was a, a report that came out, I think it was Tim McMahon, ESPN, saying that the Mavs plan to pursue him. So there was definitely some interest there. But after he signed the extension, you know, Sabonis, he kind of took off with the Pacers and it kind of buried Turner a little bit. You know, he, he hasn't lived up to that extension, you know, making $20 million a year. And maybe that would change with a uh, change of scenery and him playing in Dallas. But – I don't know. I'm just I'm not as big on Miles Turner as I used to be. But if if the Mavs did do something like that, you know, it's aggressive, it's proactive. I could see it potentially working if Turner can get back to 
you know, what he was doing before he signed that extension. And obviously, Drogic would be a great addition in Crowder, too. I don't, he just. We traded that guy for Dwight Powell, didn't we? We did, yeah. <laughs> Which, given Dwight Powell, he's turned into a, a pretty good player, too. But well, uh, we're, we're not going to mention the other guy that, that was in that trade who everybody loses their mind every time he has one good playoff game. <laughs> uh, I'm just so over it, man. Like, uh, Rondo's always been wet from three, bro. Get out of here. Get out of here. Everybody just conveniently, conveniently forgets the year where he just completely quit on his team mid-playoff game and went off and sat to the side and just didn't come back the entire series. It was so bad. People forget that the entire Mavs roster – so, you know, everybody gets a playoff share, right? And all of the – all of Rondo's teammates voted – to leave him out of the playoff share. That's how bad it was. It wasn't just a deal with, like, you know, Rondo and Rick Carlisle. But Dalton, he's such a good teammate. He is not. He's such <laughs> not, not from our experience, at least. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing that, man. It's just like, ugh. But anyway, so at Ben E5, yes, I mean, I, that would be – that would be a really good scenario for the Mavs this summer. You know, it's not it's not the top tier, but it would be a very very good outcome for them uh, going into next season. It it would push them closer to title contention, especially if Luca keeps improving and you know if Kristaps Porzingis is able to stay healthy in the playoffs. But they really could have used Jay Crowder this year. I'll tell you that. Oh man, could they? Like imagine, imagine Jay Crowder, either starting or coming off your bench, instead of uh, instead of Justin Jackson or Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Yeah, would have been amazing. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. We really appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us every week. We've started this this offseason off on a, a great note. Uh, still so many possibilities we've yet to talk about. We're kind of pacing ourselves so we don't just, you know, burn out in the first few weeks. But uh-huh. we appreciate it. Y'all, y'all make sure to go subscribe on all your favorite platforms, uh, share with your friends and family, get the word out, tell them to follow us, and, you know, we'll keep bringing y'all the best Mavs content we know how. Uh, But, yeah, that's going to do it. Y'all have a great rest of the week. We'll see you next week. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm by my chips like a bag of Lay's I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of Looked up the Dirk and MJ instead of blue collar. Excited at the idea of being a true baller. Riding in the beach. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.